Welcome to Soul Rediscovery, where we explore a deeper meaning to life and our human existence through a soul-guided way of living in love, joy, freedom, and abundance. By choosing to live life above the fray of the chaos of society and tuning in to our badass and authentic multi-dimensional selves, we embrace a less stressful and more heart-centered, impactful way of truly changing the world and leaving it a better place for generations to come. I'm your host, Katherine Whaler, and I'm so honored you have joined us. So without further ado, let's dive in. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to a new week of Soul Rediscovery. Um, I don't know why I'm just like in a singing mood today. I just finished recording an episode with Manifest It Mary, Mary Merkins, um, or Merks as we called her in college. And I cannot wait to share that episode with you guys super soon on manifesting It put me in a great mood, and I decided to record this solo episode on the age of Aquarius, because truthfully, there is so much to share about this, and not enough time (laughs) Um, or looking at my notes availability to do it in like an IGTV or a live. So I'm laying down in my bed. I got my notes open so that we can get into the astrology of the age of Aquarius because on December 21st, we had the Great Conjunction And it's going to be a pretty amazing time. So I want everyone to be prepared for it. So what is the age of Aquarius? Because this is probably a buzzword that you've heard flying around now for a while, probably since like 2012. So the age of Aquarius, um, it's not anything new, actually. So this this is what people need to understand. It's not like all of a sudden, we're just in the age of Aquarius. No, 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 no. This is a long history of astrological ages. This is pure astrology. This is where the astrology gets deep. This is where the astrology gets esoteric. Um, So I want to read this uh, little excerpt for you. It says, when the moon is in the seventh house and Jupiter aligns with Mars, Then peace will guide the planets and love will steer the stars. This is the dawning of the age of Aquarius. So let's back up. Let's talk about astrological ages here for a second so that we can get some background on what we are leading up to. So every 2,150 years, approximately, give or take, we have what's called a new astrological age. So the much-anticipated age of Aquarius begins when the March equinox point moves out of the constellation Pisces and into the constellation Aquarius. Now, there isn't an exact firm consensus for astrologers as to when this like officially, officially, officially starts. Um, Some think that it was the 1900s. Some even think it was the 1800s. I am personally of the opinion that it was 2012 and that we're officially, officially, officially in the energy here 
in 2020 with actual Aquarius energy um, that's going to stick around and guide us. So that's my own personal viewpoint of the official starting date. Um, but either way, it does take around two to 300 years to gradually transition from one age to another. So whether this was 1900 or 2012, we're still in this transitional period from the age of Pisces to the age of Aquarius, which is why you hear things like the new paradigm and the golden age and all of this, because the age of Aquarius... Aquarius is actually the astrologer's sign. Um, Uranus is the, the modern ruling planet of it. So it has this vibration of innovation and advanced technology and community and collective working together. So it's very much this fifth dimensional energy that we have not had with the other astrological ages. So it actually has the potential to be this really golden age. And I've had visions now for a few years of what this would look like. One in particular in which I was holding sort of what looked like an iPhone, but then there was like a plant going, growing out of it. <laughs> so to me, it's sort of like this melding of this ancient cultures and this ancient wisdom, this esoteric mystery school wisdom, but then also this new, what do we call quote unquote new age, which pretty much everything that we say is new age could not be further from new age. It's like ancient stuff that's been around forever, which is why I hate the word new age. Um, but for lack of a better way of saying it, this sort of like new age melding, or even just the influence of technology and these more advanced um, like societal structures and everything, right? Um, so we already see these Aquarian influences in our world. It's not too hard to see that. Uh, obviously, technology. Um, I am a millennial. I was born in 1994. And the technology that we have today could not be further from what I grew up with. Um, I was like playing organ trail <laughs> on the school's computer in like computer class. Um, I remember that so clearly. And, and now it's just like right at our fingertips, right? And we probably have like holograms and all kinds of all kinds of stuff coming up next. Um, you know, even, and I know this is kind of controversial, but even technology being like embedded within us, which we kind of already are going towards because we already wear like Apple Go watches and I don't have any of this stuff, so I don't know what it's called. Um, I just know that Apple makes it, but and Google too. But we we like wear these watches that like track our movement and like have our credit cards and um, you know AirPods. We're not even we don't even have wires anymore. We just stick the little things in our ears and we're able to hear each other, right? So 
we're kind of moving away from like the landline, right? Having to be tied down to technology with it being really mobile with us, which I see as a huge age of Aquarius marker that we like merge with technology. And like I said, that could either be um, in a really positive, like developmentally advanced way, or that could be in a controlling way, right? And we as a society, that's where free will comes in, um, which we're going to get here to in a second with the age of Leo and how it's paralleling the age of Aquarius. Um, but age of Aquarius is all about individual freedom and liberation. So yes, Aquarius is this, I always call it like the communist <laughs> sign, <laughs> but I mean, like in the most utopian, um, you know, everything works the way it should be sort of way, right? Where it's like, everything is for the good of the collective, but there's also individual freedom and liberation. Um, so it's really fascinating to me because the age of Aquarius is such a stark transition from the age of Pisces, most notably Christianity, uh, which we're going to get into because it's one of my favorite topics because when I was a little girl and I was in church, I felt very connected to God. I felt very connected to the Holy Spirit and Jesus and the whole thing um, from a level that most people, you know, didn't or at least didn't understand. And I would tell my Sunday school teachers <laughs> things like, well, you know that all religions are just the same um, thing, right? Like, Buddha and Jesus, and it's all just going to the same place, which is that we have to love one another. And <laughs> it all connects to source, it all connects to spirit. And um, I even remember telling I was at Bible camp, I must have been like, okay, so my sister was like really little, so I must have been like eight or nine. And um, we all split up, it was like family Bible camp. And I remember my mom and dad went to their sessions and I went to mine and my little sister went to hers and I was in mine and we were doing a play and we were doing the last supper and I remember telling the teacher I was just like that's not how it happened <laughs> like <laughs> I just was so adamant that that was not how it happened and I remembered how it <laughs> um so <laughs> definitely my soul um remember <laughs> remembers more um and it's interesting because it's like the further in consciousness you go like the further in your soul rediscovery you go it's funny because people start out being like I'm not Christian anymore. I don't believe in it. Da, 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 da. And then the further they further they go, they see that Jesus, um, Yeshua, was actually a part of this long history of mystery schools and priest lineages, and his twin flame, Mary Magdalene, was a priestess. And this is like a long, long, long passed down history of what really happened within the mystery schools. Um, and within the actual um, 
esoteric meanings of things that are written in the Bible, um, especially in the Gnostic texts as well, which were kept out of the Bible. So anyways, that's a whole other episode. Um, but it does fit into all of this because the age of Aquarius does see the departure from organized religion that defined the age of Pisces. Um, so, so we're going to get to that at the end here, but I just kind of wanted to, to say that at first, because I do think that that is one of the most important markers. So, like I said, age of Aquarius, uh, we're going to be using everything that we learned in the previous ages, specifically the age of Pisces. Um, but I really think it's going to be this amazing advancement if we stay on the right timeline, if we keep elevating our frequency and sharing a mission of love and the mission of light and ascension, um, which again, that's where, where Jesus Yeshua comes in because it was not supposed to be that he is the only one that can ascend. Um, it was supposed to be that everyone can do this. Um, that's why they're called ascended masters, right? So let's take it on back and let's start with the age of Leo because again, this is kind of where it might get a little controversial because some people believe in Atlantis, some people don't. I'm here to tell you that I have literally had a past life recollection of Atlantis since I was five years old. Um, I clearly remember being at my uh, first grade teacher's, she had like an end of the year pool party. And I remember having clear, clear, clear memories of Atlantis for some reason, something about being, maybe we had a connection there, but for some reason I had clear memories of Atlantis within this day of being at this party. Um, so that was the age of Leo, right? So the age of Leo was thought to be the great golden age. This was the last golden era. This is when the ice age ended and the climate began to warm up. Sounds familiar. Um, the cultures of the world during this time worshipped the sun and the sun is the ruler of Leo. They also uh, worshipped uh, lions. This is when the Sphinx was built um, because that is Leo as well. And solar gods and deities were paid the highest respects during the age. Um, lots of cat worship, like I said, lions in particular, but also cats in general. So this is like the ancient Egypt. These are the hieroglyphics that we see. Um, like I said, this is the Sphinx, right, which is connected to Isis and Osiris and um, otherwise known as like Amun-Ra or Miranda. So... Um, in the ancient mystery school traditions. Um, so this was a really strong golden age. And we still have the evidence from this, uh, from ancient Egypt. But this was also during Atlantis. And like I said, I have memories of Atlantis, but I actually have it from the beginning of this age versus the end of this age. Um, because what a lot of scholars of Atlantis think happened is that pride and ego took over, which is the shadow side of Leo. Uh, at the end of this age, 
And that's one of the reasons that Atlantis was destroyed and lost to history forever and sort of turned into more of a myth than an actual society. Um, this was also, uh, I think Lemuria, um, which also is called Mu, Lemuria is actually the middle point between Mu and Atlantis. But Mu, right, the civilization of Mu, I like to think that this was either before the age of Leo um, or certainly uh, around that time as well. So this really is a golden age of prosperity and unity and um, higher consciousness, connection to the stars, right? Um, so the golden age that we are now paralleling with the age of Aquarius, which is why it's so exciting that we're getting this actual Aquarius energy at the end of this year and like really kicking this off because it is the on, on the opposite side of Leo. So a lot of past life memories that are coming up for people right now um, and fears actually have to do with the end of Leo. Because if you think about it, um, even in linear time, right, because time is not linear, but just for this purpose, we're going to think about it like that, because they're on opposite sides from each other astrologically, we're directly paralleling that energy. So a lot of what's coming up for people in the work that I do and the work that other conscious people do is past life memories and fears around the fall of Atlantis because we didn't get it right <laughs> the last time. There was uh, corruption and misuse of power and um, egotistic leaders, right? Which, like I said, is all the, the shadow vibration of Leo. But the difference between Leo and Aquarius is that Leo is all about uh, the self, right? And Aquarius is all about the collective, the individual for the collective, not just the individual. So that's why this is the even better golden age um, that we have right before us, which is really, really exciting. So after the age of Leo came the age of Cancer, and there is so much evidence of the age of Cancer, actually more than the age of Leo, uh, which is why it's hilarious to me that we think that we were always a patriarchal society and that like men were always on top because that could not be further from the truth. Um, but the age of cancer was the age of the great mother and goddess worship. So we see figurines of voluptuous mother goddess figures from this period that are found all over the world. And this is when the matriarchal culture was at its peak. Um, this is also when we really started uh turning towards agriculture and farming with actual designed farming systems. Um, this is when domestication and settling down became more the norm versus nomadic living. So actually building homes, because uh, that's what cancer rules. Um, we also saw a lot of connection to the moon because cancer is connected to the moon. And this was also most notably... 
Uh, cancer is a water sign. And so this is the age that brought in the great floods, which are depicted in all kinds of stories, ranging from Noah's Ark to the Epic of Gilgamesh. Um, many, 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 like I said, many recordings of the age of cancer, which is why it is hilarious to me that we have this false notion that men <laughs> have always ruled the world. Um, when in fact, it was just so blatantly obvious that at one time we did live in a matriarchal society. Uh, so the age of Gemini was next. Um, this was from roughly 6,500 BC to 4,000 BC. And during this age, humans began to develop their intellect. This is when we got languages and written communication. Um, this is when we began to move and trade both crafts and ideas between different tribes and different cultures. And this is also when we started to hear a lot about twins. Uh, so this was like Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel, Enki and Enlil. Um, and the Garden of Eden is actually thought to be a Gemini uh, age story of explaining the creation of the world. Um, it has a lot to do with knowledge, obviously. And so once, you know, Adam and Eve tasted the fruit from the tree of knowledge, they became aware that they were naked and were therefore driven out of Eden. So it has to do with choice and consequence, right? So this is like really like human consciousness um, coming into being and being more individualistic versus cancer is all about community and like tribal culture, right? Um, so Gemini saw that split and saw us becoming more focused on the individual, um, it's also with the age of Gemini, this is very fascinating because the great floods, right? Again, um, this is how the myth of Atlantis goes to is that all of a sudden there was this like great flood that overtook Atlantis and that's what ended all of that. So what's interesting about the Gemini is that we kind of started all, we kind of like started all over, Right. Um, we still have remnants from the age of Leo and the age of Cancer, which is not a mistake. Those things were put into place to help us remember those ages and the lessons of those ages, but we lost a lot of it. So I like to think that the age of Gemini is when individual consciousness was born and we lost a lot of our connection to the planets. Uh, we lost a lot of that esoteric wisdom of uh, connecting to star beings, right? And that we're not alone. Um, and it kind of became very earth centric, which going into the age of Taurus uh, from 4,000 BC to 2000 BC, um, just became, it became more and more like that because Taurus is all about the earth and it's ruled by the divine feminine. So we did have a divine feminine vibration here. Um, I like to think that this was like the age when Hawthor um, and like these uh, divine feminine goddesses that are associated with the bull um, were sort of elevated in society. Um, but this is also when money and banking were invented. So this is when we see, 
you know, we've connected during the age of Gemini. There's been some migration. Um, there's been some spreading out, right? And then the age of Taurus is when everything was like really monetized and money and wealth became the key drivers for growth during this age. Um, humans improved their farming, which led to the development of cities and settled life. And like I said, bull worship was a big thing. And with that divine feminine earth giving birth uh, vibration, we also see the worship of nature spirits and fertility goddesses. So then we go into the age of Aries. And I actually think that the age of Aries um, is by far one of the most influential ages that we have had that is in our collective consciousness in the modern world. I actually think that we got a little stuck in the age of Aries uh, and we didn't fully make the transition into the age of Pisces because we still carry a lot of age of Aries collective energy. So it was pretty peaceful during the age of Taurus, right? Divine feminine uh, times of leadership tend to be because that is the way of the divine feminine. Um, but the age of Aries came after the age of Taurus. And this was the Iron Age. So this is where we get weapons and warfare, and we see military cultures emerge, right? This is like ancient Greece, ancient Egypt, um, and all of that. So mythology became very hero-centered. So if we think of people like Hercules and Spartacus and Alexander the Great, um, it was very like masculine God-focused, uh, which challenged the divine feminine and matriarchy uh, was replaced by patriarchy. Um, so like I said, huge vibration that we still are breaking out of today. We got a little, we had a little bit of arrested development. I'm not going to lie. I feel like we didn't fully come into what we were supposed to come into with the age of Pisces. So this was, again, very hero, warrior, uh, you know, war, um, also like monotheistic religions, um, which are very masculine centered, right? So like God and seeing God as a man versus God as an energy or in the past, God as a goddess, right? Because all esoteric teachings teach that it was actually the divine feminine who came first and then the divine masculine energy got curious, right? And kind of checked her out, but she was like the void. She was like the first there, and that's what created the Big Bang. So uh, we see this one consciousness, right? Versus multiple gods were born. Um, so Moses was a really, really, really big usherer in of the age of Aries. Um, so he condemned the worship of the golden calf, the symbol for the bull, um, which of course symbolically declared the ending of the age of Taurus and began the age of Aries. Um, Moses also spoke about what comes once the energy of the ego is channeled through heroic actions and the process of individuation, which eventually culminates with the death of ego and ego is very much connected to Aries was a prerequisite for finding the promised land, right? The quote unquote promised land, which actually is a metaphor for the age of Pisces transcendence. So again, 
I'm not going to demonize Moses here. I actually think Moses, you know, was a prophet and was preparing the way for Jesus, for Yeshua. And again, people just didn't really get it. Like, I don't think that they fully understood what they were building up to. Um, or I think that that's been distorted and lost through our modern translation of, of the history. Um, so this process, of course, was necessary. Um, we needed humans to fully understand free will. Uh, we needed humans to understand ownership of our destiny. And like I said, I think we have some arrested development. I feel like we got a little stuck in Aries. I think we really liked that patriarchal culture. <laughs> um, I think that we kind of lost a little bit of that balance. And I think too, it's just like, that's the nature of war, right? Like you kill things off. And so I think a lot of the good that was established in the other eras, unfortunately, was lost and demonized through the age of Aries. Um, because... That's a stark transition. Going from Aries to Pisces, those are two very, very, very different signs. Aries is the beginning of the zodiac and Pisces is the end. So that's going from a very young kind of energy to a very, very old energy. And like I said, I think we're still a little stuck in that young energy. I think we took that into Pisces and distorted a lot of what Pisces was actually supposed to bring us. Um... And of course, the Lamb of God that was sacrificed at the birth of Jesus was a symbolic end of the age of Aries and the dawn of the new age of Pisces. Jesus himself being the Lamb of God, right? Sacrificing himself, ending the age of Aries. So then we get the age of Pisces, and that was what we all know. <laughs> I was going to say that's what we all know and love, but not all of us love it. So that's what we know. That's what we all grew up with. Anyone listening to this, um, unless you're, you know, five years old. Um, so that spanned from approximately uh, zero, right, to 2000. So... This is after 2,000 years of wars and military development. We needed a different approach. We needed a more spiritual approach, right? We needed to get back to the connection that we had during those earlier ages. Um, so as the age of Pisces emerged, humanity came to the understanding that the ego development from the age of Aries was not enough and that the ego must be channeled through something greater. Like I said, right, you can kind of see how this has been distorted, right? You can kind of see that we're like a little behind where we're supposed to be because we went way far into the other field of I am powerless and God is everything, right? It's not so much that it's that you're a co-creator, God is within you, right? So understanding that surrendering to that is where you find growth. Um, and I won't go into that too much because We've obviously talked about that a lot on this podcast, uh, but the age of Pisces introduced the concepts of surrender, compassion, kindness, charity, empathy, and sacrifice. So that sounds really nice, right? Yeah. <laughs> you see how I'm like, it's kind of been distorted over the years because this was really supposed to be an age of like higher spiritual enlightenment and it just 
wasn't totally that. There was still a lot of patriarchal stuff left over from the age of Aries. So the warrior ideal of the Aries age evolved in the transcendent ideal of the saint. So this is where we get all our great world religions, Judaism, Christianity, Islam, Hinduism, and Buddhism. As with all of the other astrological ages, the animal symbolism is very literal, (laughs) right? The symbol of Christians is the fish, and Jesus's disciples were fishermen. Again, 100% not a coincidence. Like, it's a podcast for another day, but Yeshua, Jesus, a wonderful manifester, uh, slash witch, slash priest, slash uh, king of the upcoming golden age, like, he knew what he was doing. It's a rich, 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 rich history that our modern Bible and our modern Christianity does not teach. So like I said, it's been distorted through time. That was not Jesus's mission. <laughs> His mission was one of, of true love and um, of true revolution. So at the heart of Jesus's and other religious leaders' teachings was the idea that we should love each other because we are all one. Remember the golden rule, and that is the rule in every single religion. Why? Because that's fifth dimensional consciousness. Fifth dimensional consciousness is not seeing yourself as separate from someone else. So when we say love your neighbor as yourself, it doesn't just mean like, oh, have compassion. Oh, have kindness. It means literally you and your neighbor are not separate. You and your dog are not separate. You and the rat down the street are not separate. It's all one, right? Again, distorted through time. So Jesus initiated the age of Pisces with his sacrifice. Sacrifice is a big thing for Pisces, which is what I'm helping a lot of my clients break out of as we go into this age of Aquarius, because for the last 2000 years, they have been the ones who are martyrs and who are sacrificing themselves because that was what was needed during the age of Pisces. So Pisces is connected to the symbols of sins, karmic baggage, right? It's the 12th house in astrology. Um, But it's also, it's not just these, again, distortion. It's not just these. It's the opportunity for these to be released and redeemed through sacrifice and surrender. But here's where it gets interesting because we're moving out of needing to sacrifice, right? We're moving out of needing karma to grow, And that's really uncomfortable for people because for the last 2000 years, we've needed karma to grow, right? We've needed karmic baggage to help us grow. We've needed suffering to grow, but we don't need that anymore. So the symbol of Pisces is two fish that swim in different directions, yet they are tied together by an umbilical cord. This is the ego and the soul, right? This also has the vibration of infinity and the infinity symbol, right? Which is a deep esoteric symbol, um, meaning the combination of the ego and soul and the foreverness of all of this, right? Um, And they have different agendas, but they are all part of the same whole. 
So the higher purpose of the age of Pisces was understanding that separation is just an illusion and that we can become whole again when we reconcile the ego and the soul or the yin and the yang parts of our psyche. And it is only with this awareness that we are able to step into the age of Aquarius, right? So again, I'm just going to say the word again, distortion, right? There's been so much distortion over the last 2000 years of what Yeshua's message was. We lost the divine feminine pretty much completely, right? Because the other thing about Pisces and the fish swimming in different directions is the sacred symbol of the twin flame, right? which again is kind of echoing that age of Leo with Isis and Osiris, right? And this, this merging of the divine feminine and the divine masculine, we've gone so far into toxic masculinity and it breaks my heart, honestly, that Christianity specifically is used to defend toxic masculinity and promote toxic masculinity and racism and (laughs) all kinds of division because that's not at all what this mission was about and is about. Christ consciousness. So Christ was Christed. He was not just born Christ. Yes, he was born. They, They all knew. They were preparing. I have past life memories of teaching the women, how to prepare for the coming of Yeshua, right? So this was coming. Everybody in that circle, those those mystery school circles, knew that this was coming. They knew that he was born. That's why the Magis visited him, because they knew that he was going to be the new king, right? The king of the world, the the son of the father, right? But not just son, as in like, he is my son, but literally son, like the bright one, right? Going, hearkening back to the age of Leo and to the same vibration of Osiris. So um, there's a lot of stuff here, but basically what I'm getting at is that he was here to teach Christ consciousness, right? Christed consciousness, which is also known as crystal consciousness, right? Which is the seventh dimension. And it is the merging of all of the chakras together and coming into the full awareness of one's rainbow light body and crystalline grid and crystalline heart within them that elevates this higher consciousness so that you're able to exist physically in the fifth dimension. It's why Jesus, like like many other before him too, by the way, like this was not just a one-time thing that he was the only one to ascend. That was actually Actually a really strong tradition in mystery schools. When you go and visit Peru and visit Machu Picchu or you go to um, Sardinia, you can actually see the caves where they performed these rituals of the death. And even modern shamans still talk about that. The death, right? The death of the ego and the rising of the soul. So Jesus, right, Yeshua, he was the symbolic representation of this. And he did do it on a larger scale too, right? Like the mystery school traditions 
say that he far surpassed his teachers in terms of his training for this, that he was doing things, they had to teach him things that they themselves hadn't even been able to accomplish because he was born with this knowing, right? That's where Gnostic comes from, the knowing, the third eye knowing. Um, and so he you know, had this higher wisdom. And so did Mary Magdalene, right? We cannot forget about the divine feminine here. Breaks my heart. <laughs> I am like such a Mary Magdalene stan. I have been my whole life. Um, I definitely have connections to that lineage and to that vibration, like 1000%. So I will rep Mary Mags all day. Um, same thing with Mother Mary, but love Mary Mags. And <sighs> it just breaks my heart. Like Miriam Magdalena, they did you real dirty girl. Um, patriarchy, <sighs> like I said, distortion, distortion, distortion. Um, highly recommend that you go read Mary Magdalene's gospel because it's just so obvious. <laughs> like it's just so obvious that she and uh, Yeshua, Jesus, were twin flames. And that this is a, a joint mission. This isn't just him together. But anyways, I digress. The reason I bring up Christ consciousness is because what the age of Aquarius is bringing. And we already, here's the exciting thing, you guys. We already have people on earth right now, myself included, who were born with Christ consciousness. They're called crystal children. And they were born around... Uh, the 90s, right? And rainbow children who um, I consider myself like a crystal rainbow hybrid um, who were born in like the 2000s. And then we had the indigos before them, right? So there's already people on this earth and these are the majority of my clients who were born with crystal Christ consciousness. And that means the deep... Um, emotional and heart-centered understanding that we are not separate, that we are all equal, right? Um, intense empathy and also connection to the universe, right? And connection to God and source. So um, it breaks my heart because a lot of these people think that they just have like mental health disorders or that they're too sensitive for the world or that they're not of this world. And it's absolutely not just that. It's that they literally have gifts and have come ahead of time um, to a world that wasn't quite ready for it, right? Back in the 1990s. And we're just now coming into Christ consciousness as a collective, right? Because people like myself are putting out podcasts and videos and everything on this, this subject. So that's the age of Aquarius is it's not just this one person having Christ consciousness, right? It's all of us having this crystalline awareness and having this crystalline consciousness. So with the age of Aquarius from roughly 2000, give or take, to 4000, um, the ego is separate from the soul as long as the ego is separate from the soul, right? And we don't have the merging of these, which is why we've been focusing in, in past years so much on like inner child healing and ego awareness and responsibility 
and uh, shadow work, right? Big one, because we're coming into wholeness. We have to understand that like, yes, we are these earthly beings, but also there's so much more to us. It's not just that, right? And we also can't get lost in the age of Pisces, where we're giving over all of our power to some you know, unseeable spiritual force, we have to understand that we are God, right? We have God within us. We have Christ consciousness within us, crystal consciousness. So we won't have freedom and progress, right? Which is, again, that higher vibration and manifestation of Aquarius um, until we realize this, which is why all the light workers like me are like, everyone wake up, <laughs> share this with your mom, share this with your dad, share this with your brother and sister, right? Um, because it takes all of us, right? And and the earth is rising with us. That's what the Schumann resonance is, is earth's frequency is, is rising. We're moving into fifth dimensional consciousness. Um, the veil is getting thinner and thinner. And, you know, we've had fifth dimensional consciousness on earth, that's, that's the thing is we've had it before, right? That was Atlantis, the early days of Atlantis, what I remember of speaking to animals and um, just living in this like super harmonious, beautiful, pure society. Like it was, oh, gorgeous. <laughs> just such beautiful memories of Atlantis and working with crystals and just this like, just this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful energy. It, it calms me like no other when I think about it. Um, but if we don't have that, right, if humanity gets lost behind and stuck behind, then instead we can have division and we'll continue to attempt to use machines, right, with that age of Aries vibration that we're still not over, that patriarchal stuff like weapons, robots, or the internet to justify one side or the other, the ego or the soul. So this is a new renaissance. This is the renaissance, right? The, the first renaissance that we had a few years ago was literally leading up to that. Like if you go back and you read Da Vinci or you read the works of those thinkers and creators and scientists and everything, they were deeply tapped into all of this. They were preparing for the age of Aquarius. They knew that their souls would be reincarnated at this time, right? So the triumph of Aquarius's highest values are humanitarianism, knowledge, reason, innovation, and people who work towards a greater goal. So we learn that the individual is important, right? It's not an, it's not an amorphous mass that's easy to maneuver, like the age of Pisces kind of was, right? You think of like congregations at church, and they think like, why are millennials leaving churches? Why are millennials focusing more on astrology? Well, because we're super old souls and we know that God and spirit is within us. We don't have to look towards a guru, right? To tell us that we can feel that in our own intuition. So it's understanding that no one is above anyone else. The age of Aquarius is that Every single person, every single soul is born for a reason and that we all make our own contribution to the development of society. So only together, working as the individual for the collective, 
can we come into this? It's a we, it's not a me, right? So that's the difference with the age of Leo. That's why so many people have this shadow work, right? Around the ego, because they're remembering what caused the age of Leo. So Aquarius energy is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful age to be in. Um, I feel very lucky that I'm here right now. I don't even think that lucky is the right word because I both volunteered and was chosen to be here right now. Um, but this is a really global sign of the Zodiac. Like this is opportunity for having a very equal egalitarian society, right? This is down with patriarchal structures. This is a rising of the divine feminine so that we can meet the divine masculine. Because the problem is, is we've gone so far off the deep end with the masculine that it's become toxic. And now we don't, e we don't even have the divine masculine, right? Like we just have masculine. So with the rising of the divine feminine coming back into play and back into power and priestess power coming back into our awareness, right? We're able to make space for the divine masculine too and have this nice balancing act. So the age of Aquarius is completely different. Let me emphasize this. Completely different than anything that we have seen in the last 26,000 years. Okay, you guys, 26,000 years. This is what people don't understand. This is when people look at the news and they're like, what is happening? Our whole world is changing, right? Make America great again. It's like, dude, <laughs> we are not looking towards the past. We are looking towards the future, this is progressive. This is change. This is unlike we have ever seen before in our lives or for some of us, any of our lifetimes, <laughs> right? So this is unprecedented. This is even unprecedented from, you know, what we had in, um, in Atlantis, like this could, this has the possibility, the possibility to be even better than that, right? So, and I actually believe personally that during the age of Aquarius, we have the, the ability to move into seventh dimensional consciousness. Like I absolutely believe that. Um, you guys know that I operate at a 23rd dimensional consciousness level. And so, you know, fifth dimensional consciousness is actually not that hard to achieve. Um, once you can see things from a soul perspective. And then seventh dimensional consciousness is what most crystal rainbow children have, right? Or they do have, actually, their frequency as such, but maybe not their vibration because they haven't cleared out all the gunk and the conditioning that has taught them that they have to, you know, work hard to succeed and, uh, <laughs> you know, bullshit like... Uh, like, it's only them for themselves, and it's a doggy dog world, and blah, 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 right? Because, like, it's, like, so sad to me, especially millennials, because we are the Pluto and Scorpio generation. Like, we came here to fucking destroy the system, and no one is letting us do that. <laughs> 
like, do you know why millennials are so demonized? It's because we are here to disrupt some shit. So here's where it gets exciting, you guys. At the end of 2020, we have what every single astrologer thinks they're lucky stars that they were born for. December 21st, the Jupiter conjunct Saturn. Grand conjunction, great conjunction. We have Jupiter and Saturn meeting for the first time in millennia at zero degree Aquarius. Oh, yes, the very beginning of Aquarius, right? Exactly at the first degree of Aquarius. So this is it. This is the big cosmic push of, nope, we're leaving the age of Pisces behind. We are moving into the age of Aquarius. We are building this new earth. You're either on board or you're not, right? So changes around the corner and it's coming sooner than most people expected to. The next 30 years are going to be the highest transformation that humanity has ever seen. And again, I don't think people fully grasp that. And I think a lot of people are still, you know, asleep. (laughs) Um, Their souls are younger souls or they're just not quite ready for this kind of knowledge. And it'll be interesting. I'm very interested to see what happens. I take great responsibility with the fact that I decided to incarnate at this time that every single one of us did. 2020 was such a catalyst year. Every astrologer, every esoteric scholar or metaphysical scholar knew this, was trying to prepare people for it. Um, Not everyone wanted to listen, but a lot of people during 2020 decided to sit up and pay attention. So mark your calendars, December 21st, Jupiter, Saturn, Grand Conjunction, Zero Degree, Aquarius. The biggest astrological moment of our entire lives is happening in just a few months. And, and I cannot, like, I cannot contain my excitement for this. It's a wild ride, but at the end of it, if we keep our intentions pure and strong and we all do our part to contribute to society, we can build a better world. And I know we will build a better world. So I'm excited for this age of Aquarius. Let me know if you are too. Um, I was so excited to make this podcast episode because I'm such a little history nerd and I have been my whole life. Um, I remember as a child, I was literally seven years old reading... (laughs) college level textbooks on ancient Egypt and the age of Leo. I mean, why am I surprised? I literally helped found all of that. Um, But I mean, this is something I've been waiting for my whole life. Um, And it's pretty incredible that it's happening now. So like I said, you should feel very honored that you're here. Let me know what you thought of this episode. Please don't forget to rate and review and leave your lovely little comments. I love reading what you think of all the episodes. Um, 
Let me know if you want more episodes like this with astrological history, because like I said, it is one of my absolute favorite things to do. And I think it's a very helpful tool at this time to understand the energetic waves that we'll be going through for the next 30 years. Um, But I love you all so much. Excited to talk to you next week and bring you the next episode. And until then, enjoy your soul rediscoveries.